welcome back everyone uh it's a nice monday uh, for most of us here i'm omar as always joined by my good friend marshall is that um i'm gonna embarrass myself is that is that byron leverkusen I, bro this is ac milan dang okay that was my second guess that was your second guess oh and your third grade your third guess was man united yeah man you <laughs> <laughs> hey i only watch the real football i'm sorry i only watch what fan controlled football the only real football yeah no actually spring Spring fcs football the only real football no i'm talking about the spring league oh oh tsl TSL. got it tsl commenter once the season starts okay new identity do we have any is are there any players we know competing in the tsl this year i i don't know (laughs) i do not know I feel like I feel like the TSL is like the kind of league where it's like you could like look up one day and you'll be like, oh, you're like, why the hell is Jamarcus Russell in the TSL? <laughs> oh man, I wonder where he's at nowadays. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe I, I think he's like trying to come back. I think like every year, every like now and then, you hear like these like outrageous comebacks. I remember Tiki Barber tried to come back six years after he retired, and it's just like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Like, it's actually hilarious dude who was it did you see that post the other day and it was like uh there's a coach talking about how he was hanging out with, like ronde barber and tiki barber and they're like little babies oh yeah bruce arians yeah it was bruce arians that was it it's a heartwarming story right there it's heartwarming it's also troubling because uh bruce arians had a fro in the picture I can't <laughs> hair, much less an afro. Like, that's, oh my gosh it's powerful it's powerful yeah i mean all right well yeah start off with that he's invited to the barbecue <laughs> our topic today uh, i'm taking a little page out of the chris paul outfit book with the bayou classic shirt um, okay that is that is this saturday and you know it's different than a lot of bayou classics grambling and southern playing this game at, it's in shreveport at venerable independent stadium home of one of the best bowls that the sec has or actually they don't have it anymore they loved it so much they let it go the independence bowl but it's, it's not in New Orleans like usual, as you guys might know. And it's also another sad occasion because it might be the last one broadcast on the NBC family of networks. But we'll get to that later on. Um, first off, we're going to talk about a little bit of SEC football and CBS. And I'm going to start off by saying the SEC has a Black Friday problem. Uh, I, think it was, it was, I think it was mid-March where they announced that they moved Missouri, Arkansas to Black Friday. And we all know that game's going to be on CBS with, like, the usual games, like the Apple Cup, which I'm not complaining that's on Black Friday. That's actually a good game year after year. And the Commonwealth Cup, Virginia, Virginia Tech. But, I mean, the numbers are ugly. I mean, this is probably, like, the worst game year in, year, in, year out on the SEC on CBS slate. And I want to know your thoughts, Marshall. You think, you think CBS should change things up with this Black Friday game? You know, I'm thinking about it, and it's like I almost think they shouldn't. Because if you think about it, what is the Black Friday slot? It's definitely not going to be a primetime slot because what are people doing on Black Friday? They're definitely not carving out time to sit down and watch some football. They're over there trampling over each other in Walmart trying to get that new PlayStation, you know? Like, I feel like if if you're going to have a slot here, it almost should be a bad game. Get it out of the way so that it's almost like an opportunity cost thing. Like, this allows you to reduce the opportunity cost of putting this game in a better slot that could have been taken up by getting more views, you know? Like, whereas you can have this game delegated to a spot where you know no one's watching, or you can have a crappy game put on, like, a Saturday primetime slot. Like, which are you going to do, you know? 
I think it almost kind of makes it in like a very sad kind of way. Like it's like a, it's logical. It's a business move, you know. Okay, I mean that's fair, and I guess I will give you that that it is a bit of a throwaway slot. Um, you know, and the TV numbers for Missouri Arkansas kind of say that as since 2014, it's only been the best, the most, the highest rated game in its TV slot one year, and that was in 2014. And turning out the average t- uh, win loss records for Arkansas and Missouri coming in this game, so you're, you know, you're looking at a a, f- a four and seven. I mean, it's 4.5 and 6.5 as in wins and losses. So we'll call it a 4-7 and seven Arkansas team playing a 6-5 and five Missouri team on average. And, I mean, it's just not attractive, especially when you think about some of the other games that have been on that, like, afternoon slot on, on ABC and Fox. Like, we had the 2017 Warren I-4, that, that iconic USF-UCF game with, uh, with back, you know, back and forth Mackenzie Milton and Clinton Flowers. That game, an American Conference game, got a 2.7 rating and 4.64 million followers. You had a 2015 Nebraska-Iowa game where Iowa was on their way to the playoff at the time. They're still undefeated, and that game had a 3.9 rating, really high for a Black Friday game with 6.189 viewers. So I'm going to have to push back on that a little bit. But, you know, it's like what, it's like what are they counting with in those years? Like that 2015 game, you had a 6-5 and five Arkansas squad playing a 5-6 and six Mizzou squad. Uh, and you have a, a game that has playoff implications on the line, and then that Warren I-4 game that was competing with in 2017, Arkansas came in 4-7, and seven, Missouri came in at 6-5, and five. but granted, I mean, there is an appetite for Drew Locke. The young people seem to love Drew Locke because he raps on the sidelines and he does cool things. Omar, if John Elway loves Drew Locke, the young people are going to love Drew Locke, all right? But you know what? You know, that's interesting. Like, I was, you know, I'm over here. I was, like, theorizing you know postulating some some of the black friday scenarios there but you know what given those numbers maybe it's not as much of a throwaway the slot as i thought originally like maybe they should stop disrespecting that slot with little missouri arkansas maybe they should throw in a little bit of a i mean if you're talking about putting an iowa team in there you're talking about putting in you know ucf usf in there like those are quality programs like like you said iowa on their way to the playoff that's the anything but a throwaway game i'd be curious to know relative to other like good slots that like Iowa that year got right maybe like in the week before and the week after like what kind of rating they pulled just to see for comparison like was this like a lower rating than before was it higher you know what I mean like it's hard to say I guess in a vacuum but I guess at the end of the day the the game can draw the game can draw eyeballs I don't know what would you like to see in that slot what what are you what kind of SEC lineup are you seeing are you envisioning for the coming Black Friday right after you go and you get you get David his PS5 and you come back and you throw on the TV. What are you hoping is on there for you guys to watch? So, I mean, I'm hoping for a rotation because I like equity. I'm a fan of parity in all sports. Like, I'm excited this spring that there's going to be a couple first, um, first-time playoff teams in the FCS. And, I mean, it's cool. It's exciting. But what I'd like to see is, like, a rotation, you know, because there's, like, plenty of other rivalries that weekend that aren't Auburn, Alabama, and, like, the Egg Bowl, which is always on, on Thanksgiving. You got, like, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Like, Vanderbilt, I think, at one point went from, like, 2001 to, t- to 2013 without any CBS games, which is absurd. You have, like, a conference-exclusive contract, and, like, one school doesn't get any games in the span of 12 years. So I think that's, like, a prime. Like, if you're going to, like, put attention on some lesser schools, you got a brand in the conference, even though Tennessee hasn't really, like, put their money where their mouth is in the past, like, heck, 10 years. You got a brand in Tennessee, you got Vanderbilt. Like, that could draw eyes. 
or even like one of the rivalries that has an out-of-conference opponent like um, Louisville, Kentucky, or Georgia Tech, Georgia. Like, put, I mean, I don't, I doubt Georgia Tech, Georgia, with the stature of that game, would want to move to um, Black Friday. But I can, I can see Louisville, Kentucky, uh, considering that that game used to be played on like Labor Day Sunday, like the Labor Day Eve, the Sunday before Labor Day, and um, I, I, I think it's funny how Lamar Jackson wins the Heisman in 2016. And I, I mean, I don't doubt that CBS had these talks, but Lamar Jackson wins a Heisman in 2016. He comes back in 2017. Kentucky's at home versus Louisville. And the CBS executives decide, no, Missouri, Arkansas. We'll take Missouri, Arkansas, not Louisville, Kentucky. That, that, that's just bonkers to me. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, maybe they had those talks, but I mean, you got to keep everyone happy. But I, if I'm Vanderbilt or like Kentucky, like I'm not happy with Missouri and Arkansas hogging up the spot, hogging up like cheap, valuable TV time on Black Friday. Bro, give me the Egg Bowl on Black Friday. I would love to see. You know, I saw a little banter between Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach over there on Twitter earlier this week. I love to see a little Egg Bowl action on the Black Friday. Yeah, I mean that one's on Thanksgiving though. Like that one's like locked into Thanksgiving. So mm. uh, I like I like that. That's one. fair. Okay, well that's fair. That's fair. But, I mean, something that I would – I mean, going with that idea, I think it would be interesting to see, for the sake of history, instead of, um, I guess, Missouri – Missouri, or, sorry, Mississippi State, Mississippi, the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving. Uh, and this would be hard to do since Boston College and Miami are on opposite ends of um, – actually, was that game on Black – I think that game was on Black Friday. I was going to say, like, rematch the, the Hail Flutie game on Thanksgiving night, but that game was on Black Friday night. Which I mean, I think that would be cool. Just like anytime, whenever that cross division game comes up, Boston. Bro, big brain idea on Black Friday, blackout uniforms. I don't know how I feel, man, because like you have those, you have those rivalries, man. Like the. Wait, isn't Black Friday, bro? Black Friday is one day after Thanksgiving. You could easily just move the Egg Bowl one day. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree, but who's going to play on Thanksgiving? Like, that, that's like Texas, I, Texas A&M. Bring it back. Bring it back. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> that's not happening. Like, Julian Edelman going to the Hall of Fame, that's not happening. Damn, I. I'm what sorry. do you think? You think he should? No. Really? <laughs> no. Bro, a Super Bowl MVP, three-time Super Bowl winner? You don't think he's in the Hall of Fame? Okay, you put Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame, you're going to put Jordan Nelson in the Hall of Fame. Okay. But let's, let's, let's no, because I feel, dude, I feel like people have been playing greatness in the Hall of Fame rather than numbers. Otherwise, Tony Romo would be in the Hall of Fame. Matt Stafford would be in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Like they put up volume numbers. Volume numbers are nothing. Greatness is the Hall of Fame. Great greatness. Okay, greatness. I mean, yeah, I can't deny his playoff greatness, but he wasn't that consistent. Like, I mean. If you look like it took him a couple years to get going on the pages, and I'm not doubting as a great player, but his prime was like short relatively. If you think about it, he had a, he had a pretty short prime and like only a couple thousand yard seasons. But I I digress. I mean, what you I, really I you really don't want an out of position Hall of Fame player? Yes, I do, but not not Julian Edelman. <laughs> but um, I forgot what we were saying. We were saying, um, oh yeah, like. Texas A&M, Texas is not going to happen, but... Uh, Bro, blackout yeah. uniforms. How sick would it be if you do, like, a blackout uniform versus a whiteout uniform on Black Friday? That would be sick. I'm trying to think, like, let's see. You have Washington, Washington. Almost kind of, like, Halloween-esque. Yeah, that, that can happen with, like, some of the games that are on, like, 
I know UC, if USF ever lets go of those uh, highlighter green neon uniforms, I don't know why they're trying to <laughs> neon green. Like, it, it just doesn't look good with their on them. It, it doesn't. Think about it. It's a timeline. I remember a few years ago, you see Baylor basketball throwing up some neon green uniforms. Everyone's hating on them. This year, they win the championship. It's a process, Omar. The neon green, it's a process. USF has to first make a, make a bowl game out of the American for the <laughs> UCF has to fit or USF has to figure out how to beat, I think, well, they beat Temple. They have to figure out how to beat UConn. It's <laughs> <laughs> not in the American. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I just, I just like to see more out of that, out of that slot, I guess, on Black Friday. That's with, cool. With the SEC. I mean, no, it is, you know what? I say everyone's out shopping, but now that I think about it, it's like, when was the last time I went Black Friday shopping? You know what I mean? It's almost like the crowd is off-putting at that point. People are expanding Black Friday to Thursday now. They're expanding it to Wednesday. Interesting, you know? I mean, you think, you think of, like, Rivals. Let's see, let's see a better game. Let's, let's send an email to the commissioner. Let's see a better game on Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, for that, or at least a rotation, because I'm, I'm all about equity in terms of TV. Deals. Yeah, I definitely don't want to see a Missouri-Arkansas budding rivalry fermented on a Black Friday for the next 20 years before one of them breaks 500. Yeah, I mean... It's almost like, I mean, it's good for them because, like, Missouri just generally doesn't get slots, and I don't think Arkansas either unless you're playing Bama. But it's not like there's much history in this rivalry compared to, like, a Vanderbilt-Tennessee or, like, not even, like, one team with, like, a lot of history on, like, Thanksgiving or Black Friday because when, I guess, when the, like, Nebraska-Iowa on ABC, take that one, for example. Like, yes, it's not a historic rivalry per se, but Nebraska has history on Black Friday and Thanksgiving. You know, Nebraska-Oklahoma uh, being played within the Big 8 on either Black Friday or Thanksgiving, especially that 1971 game, which I can't believe Nebraska tried to back out of. But anyway, and then you, you take that when they move to the Big 12 and Nebraska and Oklahoma are in different divisions, but you have Nebraska-Colorado on Black Friday every single year. Like, there's that history there. It's like, it just seems kind of random, you know. And what, what what's curious to me is why the um, – the SEC decided for the final weekend to put Arkansas and Missouri's rivals as a final weekend rivalry and not our, and decided to not keep Arkansas LSU. Cause I mean, that was kind of a good thing that they had going, honestly. I mean, those were some competitive games like Darren McFadden versus LSU and so on and so forth. Like those weren't bad games, but I don't know why they decided to change. I mean, you say so on and so forth, but does it not just end at Darren McFadden? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. You remind me of this video where it's like, um, I think it was Vern and uh, Gary. They were, there was like a list of like the best like completion percentage performances in a game in SEC history. And the, their quarterback uh, at the time, Casey Dick, really his name, but they were laughing because he was like on the same list of like Tim Tebow and like some of the greatest quarterbacks in SEC history. And like they saw his name, they were, they were just like clowning him, man. Like, because they knew that was Darren McFadden's team. But, Bro, when you when you tell me when you tell me a notable Arkansas team, I'm going to Darren McFadden, and then I'm gonna have to jump like 70 years in the past and think of what Jerry Jones played for him. Yeah, well, but what about um, what about the walk-on Brandon Burlesworth? What the movie made about him? What movie? About the greatest walk-on story of all time. What movie? Uh, it's uh, Greater. They they made, they made a movie about Brandon Burlesworth. Great, probably like a better walk-on story than Rudy, but. Well, you know, I'll, I'll have to check it out because I'm not familiar. No, it's great. It's, it's a good one for sure. Um, so I, I guess that moves on to our talk about the Bayou Classic, how that could fit in. So NBC Sports, uh, I guess 
I wouldn't say it was much of I guess it was a surprise at the time, but it makes sense how they decided to shut down NBC Sports Network and decided to move a lot of their content to Peacock, which um, they they I mean they became a smaller and smaller player in college sports broadcasting, only having like Atlantic Ten basketball, and that's about it. And the Bayou Classic, as they got outbid for the Ivy League. I mean, Ivy League Friday nights on NBC Sports Network were some lit times. Uh, they really were. With the, with the Foes Bowl one back in 2016, Penn versus Harvard, honoring the uh, with Penn honoring the 1916 Rose Bowl team. But anyway, um, yeah, so they got outbid for the Ivy League, and really they just didn't have much sports inventory. So maybe it wasn't a surprise. And the one sporting event that's sort of the odd the odd event out is the Bayou Classic, which has been brought which was broadcasted um, on NBC in this game's between Grambling and Southern, broadcast on NBC from 1991 to 2014. So a good 24 games in a row. And got moved to NBC Sports Network. But, I mean, it's still, I mean, kind of like the watermark football game on NBC Sports Network. And now I don't think that those schools want to be on Peacock. I think they want to be on linear TV, even though, like, we'll both agree that things like Peacock are the future. But I want to hear your thoughts on this idea. Say, like, CBS, and this is really a a shot in the dark, but say CBS scraps the Missouri-Arkansas experiment on Black Friday, sends that game to, like, the SEC Network, and they decide to put the Bayou Classic in that afternoon slot on CBS. I like it. I mean, it would definitely be more historic and more meaningful than Missouri and Arkansas. I mean, and when when you're talking, like, the afternoon slot, we're talking, are we talking, like, afternoon and night slot, or are we just talking afternoon as the night slot? Um, I'm talking like 3.30 or maybe even like push it back a little bit. So it's kind of coming on as like those or like the noon games kind of end and like, you know, what, what games are blowouts. And then, I mean, if it, I mean, at that rate, then like, why not even just have bio classic and then Arkansas, Missouri? Like, it seems like there's still room, you know, I mean, not to say like that, you know, Arkansas, Missouri, I would rank higher. Like I'd rank the bio classic higher, obviously. And I think Chris Paul would also rank the bio classic higher. But I think, I mean, you know, and it's like we've talked about before, it's like when you start giving exposure to some of these programs that are probably like even more exciting than just some, a couple middling SEC squads, like just kind of dueling it out, seeing where, you know, the game could end up 17-7 or it could end up, you know, like 25-3. Like you just, you don't know. It's like going to be boring though. You know what I mean? But it's like you get these two programs in there with some history with something to fight for get some exciting call announcers in there, you know, making make a little cool calls. Like that could be a little bit electric, you know, could be a little electric. Yeah. We're not going to mention his name. I feel like we, we overuse his name. He's probably tired of us now, but uh, you guys probably know who we're talking about, <laughs> um, but you're forgetting one thing, Marshall. And this is something that I, I don't want to bring up because HBCU football is so much more than this, but the bands, I mean, if CBS put a bunch of production into the halftime shows and I guess, you know, you might want to have to push back Missouri, Arkansas, because, you know, the halftime shows take a while. So, like, maybe have, like, the Bayou Classic at noon and then Missouri, Arkansas at 4 o'clock. But, I mean, the bands, too, like, as much as I hate to say it, I'm pretty sure a lot of, like, mainstream America watches HBCU classics that are on TV for the band shows. Because, like, that's that's what they think. Like, it's always, like, those deals in the contracts whenever it's a paycheck game. It's, like, make sure you bring Yeah, no, I mean, think about it. It's, like, it's, like, the movie Drumline you know, is a bigger production than any, like, movie about HBCU football. You know what I mean? Like, I'm definitely with you. Like, I think if you put – I mean, think about, you know, what people go for. People go for the Thanksgiving Day Parade. 
you know they go for like the theatrics they go for these like events like they go for the rose bowl parade you know like they're gonna like tune in to something that's like a little bit more memorable they'll tune in for the bayou classic the hbcu bands they will tune in for that like i think that's definitely you definitely have a point there yeah and like usually there's like i mean there's usually a lot on the line with the Bayou Classic. Like maybe like not this year because Grambling's 0-4. They've had some like really bad troubles this year. But I feel like it's one of those things where um, – and correct me if you disagree with this, but I think it's one of the, the SWAC is one of, those, one of those conferences where if Grambling isn't great, um, then I think the rest of the league kind of like struggles in terms of exposure. Just because like the nature of like in the history of HBCU football, it's like you ask – you ask someone on the street, casual college football fan, to name three HBCUs, are probably going to go Grambling Southern, maybe Florida A&M, maybe Bethune Cookman, um, and, then, and then they'll say, and then they'll say Deion Sanders. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, they'll say they'll say Jackson State too, probably because of Walter Payton as well. Um, but it's like it's just one of those things. I feel like Grambling is the flagship program, and it's expanding now. Like they have a lot of, I mean, they pretty much have like all the great HBCU schools in Division One which I think if CBS – I mean, CBS might do that with it as an experimental uh, sort of thing, like they're doing, I guess, with the Patriot League Championship, where it's, it's really a low-risk event, this Patriot League Championship. Like, no, like what are they going to – what is CBS Sports Network going to broadcast in the spring? Why not bring the cameras out to Lewisburg, Pennsylvania for Bucknell Holy Cross? I mean, what, why not? Like, it, I mean, it might be a low-risk thing for sure, like, to start off with. Yeah, I mean – I mean, we all know you would you would love them to broadcast a little Holy Cross football for you, and then we'll check the ratings, and it'll be a rating of what point oh oh one, just one person. It'll be Omar Omar Borja over there. It is it is Dorb. Oh man, I was about to when I found out that they um that they decided that Bucknell was gonna be the host school, even though Holy Cross and Bucknell had a common opponent, the Fordham Rams, and Holy Cross beat Fordham by ten, but Bucknell lost by fourteen at home. Bucknell was going to be the home team because Bucknell played three games. I almost had an Adam Driver-like breakdown, man. I was like, every day I wake up and have to listen to conferences make arbitrary rules. He said, I can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> uh, that, that too. I mean, if, we had, if we had higher production quality, we could get someone to put that in right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that will be like, honestly, I guess um, – I don't know too much about like twitching, twitch streaming. I guess like I'll be like, can someone put a Poggers in the chat? Can someone put a Jesse Pinkman in the chat? Oh, maybe when they down when they donate like a dollar, you know, they'll get it. He can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like these conferences can't keep getting away with it. Like it, it's like they're making up the rules as they go on. But I digress. Like uh, I do think the Bayou Classic has a, lot, has a lot of potential, but especially that this I feel like this is something that we just keep bringing up because we keep talking about CBS like. I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about the, the predicament that CBS will be in in a couple of years once the SEC leaves. Like, legitimately, what are they going to do? I mean, and – Bro, I mean, like, literally, like, CB, like the SEC is probably more likely to go to Peacock. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, truly, like, it's, like, sad. Like, they're probably going to get – it's, like, you're seeing all these – like, I saw even more, like, like I think Facebook – uh, I was like reading or something. So, you know, one of these social medias, they were like putting up fat, fat money to get some more, some more sports stuff in there, you know? So there's definitely no shortage of, of capital going around to lure in these conferences to a lucrative streaming contract. Yeah. And something I forgot to mention earlier, I mean, you being a finance guy, like 
I think CBS would benefit from diversifying their portfolio a bit, you know, in terms of conferences and, and different sporting events. And the Bayou Classic, I guess, starting maybe 2022, 2023. The, like, folks, the likelihood of this happening is, you know, 5%, maybe less. But it's an idea. We, we throw ideas around here. But, you know, and you know what? And you know what? A new idea for them would be better than the same old not winning that they've done. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, they can do they, Oh, go ahead. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, they could, they could do the same old, same old thing and, you know, not expand, not grow, not try something new, not try and figure out where they could build a future. But who knows? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, again, they're on the clock, you know. We're talking about the draft. We're talking about the draft soon. They're on the clock for what they're going to do. I mean, we, we just might not have CBS, like, um, be a broadcaster of college football, and that's something our parents, you know, knew when ABC had the TV contract for a while. Uh, it'd be kind of strange. Like, I mean, the 90s are coming back. A lot, a lot of the 90s is coming back, especially a college football with CBS, but you, just, you, you never know. Um, I mean, I, I guess that concludes all we have to speak about to, uh, at this point, unless uh, Marshall has any additional speaking points. Um, you know what? No, I am, I am all good today. We'll keep it short and sweet for the listeners out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I tried to slide into the DMs of a former Grambling quarterback have him on our podcast a while back but that obviously didn't happen but we'll continue our love for grambling regardless and and southern you know southern i mean how does southern feel you know people talking about grambling like doug williams uh shoot who else was like doug williams i think uh willie harris is another hall of famer um you know eddie robinson southern like they got some ballers too like in the past like they have um aeneas williams i think went to southern the hall of fame corner for the Cardinals and look that up real quick and I think they went to like four straight Heritage Bowls in the 90s so like Southern's not a not a slouch of a program either and yeah and he's Williams Hall of Fame safety did go to or yeah Hall of Fame safety did go to did go to Southern but yeah um that game will be on 2 30 on NBC Sports Network and again if anything, I don't know if they'll bring the bands because of COVID, but it's just a historic rivalry on this weekend in a year that's lacked a lot of rivalries, especially the Ivy League ones. But um, Yeah, I mean, we'll just have to keep bearing with, you know, the COVID times. I think there's an end in sight, so hopefully we'll get a return to normalcy soon. What was that, President? A return to normalcy? Is that, a, I want, like, an American president? Yeah, no, that was his whole campaign. His whole campaign premise, he said, I'm campaigning on a return to normalcy. Here, watch. Here, let me search that. Let me search that real quick. Let me search that real quick. Because I was about to say, like, that sounds like something Churchill would say, man. Like, in the 40s. Return to normalcy was Warren G. Harding's campaign slogan. That, that man is one of the worst presidents in America. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I like the slogan, all right? I don't know much about the guy. It's a good slogan, man, but he's, he, he is one of the worst presidents. I'll have to say, if he's campaigning on a return to normalcy in the 1920s, you know, there's probably some issues going on there. Then I think things were all right. Let's see, because there was I'm messing up my presidents here. But he was I know like I know Coolidge came after. So who would have been after Woodrow Wilson, I believe? Yeah, no, Woodrow Wilson was early nineteen like beginning of the nineteen hundreds. I thought he carried I thought he carried America to the end of World War II. That that's that's what I thought. So I think Wilson? Woodrow, 
until 1921. Yeah, succeeded by Warren Harding. So, I mean, they were pretty normal when he took office. Like, what <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. This is a whole, this is, this is the 1920s Make America Great Again is what that was. I mean, nothing, nothing could be as bad as Woodrow Wilson, uh, Mr. KKK himself. You know what? You're definitely right. <laughs> like, I think, I think, you know what? This just highlights the issue with everyone in that era, really. Yeah. I mean, like, what, like, what can you say, honestly? Like, uh, I'll just leave it at that because, I mean, every, every historical figure we revere has their own skeletons in the closet, you know? Two sides, two sides to every story. Exactly. I think that's a good and point to end. I mean, I think I would agree. Considering this is not a history podcast, we will yeah. cut it off there. You know, a nice cautionary tale for our, <laughs> our scholarly viewers. But um, until next time, let's mark those. Any, any final comments? Uh, I am all wrapped up here. Peace, love, and soul, everyone.